Hey, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Howard Jacobson. Before we get to today's episode, a question. Would you like to become a wicked effective health coach to help people change their behaviors, change their habits, change their health destinies, and to be able to do it through a reliable process, one that works every time? If so, I'd invite you to check out the WellStart Health Coach Training Academy. And you can find it at wellstartcoach.com. And you can check and see when we're running our next training course. All right, let's get to today's topic. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Davis, and I'm joined today with... I'm not one of your hosts, Howard Jacobson. Oh, what are you today, Howard? I'm lying. (laughs) <laughs> well played because <laughs> that's that's what i want to talk about today um about lying and how how our how that's like the a central problem that our clients have is that they are not honest with themselves they don't yeah tell the truth to themselves about what's going on now they're not honest about uh what their commitments are and and how much they're committed to their commitments and we can be very complicit as coaches in, in that, you know, dishonesty is kind of a strong word or, or, you know, fooling oneself or, or not being, uh, you know, not keeping their word to themselves. Mm. So I wanted to talk about how we can work with that as health coaches. And uh, yeah. let's, let's let's toss it to you. What do you what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, so something that just comes to me comes to mind for me with that is just the idea of um, you know you're talking about some of the different the different ways that this shows up the different terminology there is turning a blind eye hmm. um, because that's one that I noticed myself doing. You know, of course, we, uh, about a week ago we had an episode where you worked with me, you coached me. And, uh, you know, whenever I struggle, that's one of the things that I find myself doing is not even, you know, it's not even actually fooling myself, just like turning a blind eye to that thing that I'm supposedly not doing. Mm -hmm. So sort of in in, in the moment, some part of you is pretending that you can't see. It's like, you know, instead of object impermanence, like what babies have, it's like behavioral impermanence. Oh yeah, can we can we coin that word that phrase? <laughs> yeah, go grab go grab the URL before someone else does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> behavioral impairment. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's something that I've noticed in myself, and and it's certainly I think um, we could see with clients. And then you know, when you get into talking about that, it's also something that we can tend to do when we are feeling. I don't know if lazy is the right word or, or, or maybe if we just get overwhelmed as a coach and we're not fully present because of it, then we can turn a blind eye to those things that they are fooling themselves about or turning a blind eye themselves. Right. Well, it's hard, you know, socially to call someone a liar. Yeah. So, so it's a hard, it's a hard thing for coaches to do well. Um, And also like, when you say like, I lied to myself, that construct, that linguistic construct creates a problem 
Like, how yeah. can you lie to yourself? Like, you can't tickle yourself, right? <laughs> so it's, it's, all, it's like, I can lie to you because we're two different entities and you don't have access to all the information that I have. So how is it even possible for a client, for a human being to lie to themselves? And I think it kind of only works if we think about ourselves as having multiple interests, like multiple characters who can, you know, are fighting to sit in like the homunculus chair in our brain, right? And push all the buttons. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I really love um, like the, the never binge again stuff that Glenn Livingston does. Um, you know, that, that terminology, of course, you know, in, in the book, he used the, the word, the pig, you know, as that, as that other entity, but um, because it is hard to conceive of lying to yourself, because if you lying has a feeling of knowingly telling an untruth or hiding the truth. But if you know, then how can you hide it from yourself? <laughs> right. Well, and you know, um, Danny Kahneman, the mm-hmm. Nobel prize winning uh, behavioral economist talks about it slightly, or no, maybe it was Richard Thaler, one of them or both of them or, or someone else entirely. Some behavioral <laughs> economist um, talks in terms Yeah. Talks in terms of the employee and the manager and like uh, maps it onto our brain. So like we do have different functions of the brain, different parts of the brain. And and we know from, uh, from sort of evolutionary biology that our brains didn't develop as one thing. Like there's the, you know, the, the, the reptilian brainstem and then there's the mammalian limbic system and then there's the uh, primate neocortex with some extra human touches to it and like it wasn't you know it's sort of been cobbled together and all these different parts have different sort of states of consciousness and so that one part could be activated during you know a moment of of transcendent inspiration be like i am going to be better from now on and then when fight or flight happens that part of the brain is switched off and the amygdala switches on the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, which just basically says, holy cow, we're in danger. Let's get some calories into us and run away. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, I, I actually, that's really interesting to me. Like for, um, for some reason I haven't put that terminology to this thought process before, but as someone who, you know, you and I have power to discuss this, um, I don't know how much we've necessarily discussed it on this podcast, but some of the listeners that have been around and have been through the the training that we do and some of that stuff may already be aware of some of the PTSD, some of the trauma that I've been through. And just this idea that there are, there are situations in which that occurs, you know, you act in ways that are different than you would consciously say you want to um, when triggered by, well, really just anything that throws you into a fight or flight state. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe it would be useful to, to like give the, the elevator space speech about your trauma, although elevators were probably part of the problem. They definitely um, were. <laughs> Tall ones and, anyway. <laughs> and then talk about like how, what, what different parts of yourself you were able to access in different situations. Well, so the, so uh, I suppose the quick story, I was in a car accident. Um, relevant to that is the fact that during the car accident or, you know, 
um, after the crash had happened, I was sitting there in the driver's seat, the hood had kind of crumpled up thing burst into flame, you know, the engine kind of went on fire and my seatbelt wouldn't come undone. I was struggling there for hard to say how long the actual time was. Right. But you know, in the moment as the one sitting there can't get out of the car, it felt like forever <laughs> um, to try and get that seatbelt loose. And um, so that led to, some PTSD. I was having panic attacks all the time, you know, multiple times a day, um, full-blown panic attacks, um, agoraphobia. So I went from being, you know, able to come and go and do as I please to, it was a struggle to really do very much of anything either outside of the house or outside of a place where I was in control. Um, but one of the main things, you know, when I think about that, um, the, the, the topic we're talking about it and how your mind is affected and, and how, and then not having that control around this issue is anger was always a big one. And, and I know other friends who've, who've uh, been through and, and struggle with PTSD have had, had issues with anger because your response to things can become very uh, rigid or black and white and, and can lead to, conflict with others and to anger very easily, even when you, you know, if, if you were out of that state, it, there's gray areas, you know what I mean? There's all shades uh -huh. of colors and things yeah. are no big deal. Somebody says, somebody makes one little comment and it, and it becomes this big deal where you snap. So was angry Kevin willing to break the word that normal Kevin had given? Oh, for sure. I mean, and, and especially once that became something I was conscious of, you know, that, 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 that was something that, that happens to a, to a person in general in that state. And then that that was something that was happening with me. Then of course, one of my goals was to not do that. Right. You know, to not, to not snap or, or become angry or argue for no reason like that. And you know, very easily still becoming angry, you know, big example that I always with driving situations with my wife. Um, and I know a lot, a lot of couples, you know, struggle with that. Like one, one partner um, drives faster or the other one drives slower or this and that, you know, and, and have different arguments in the vehicle. But, you know, then it becomes, well, this is the way that it should be done. You know, everything in your mind becomes there's, there's a way to do it. And that's the only way to do it. Um, mm -hmm. So, arguments so, so that easily. If, yeah. So that if you are, and in fact, if, if, if normal Kevin can be flexible mm -hmm. and agrees to something that angry Kevin finds unacceptable, then angry Kevin has to break normal Kevin's word. And it looks like right. you're breaking your word, right. Or you're, right. you're going back on your word or, you would never meant it in the first place. Um, so I think, yeah, some, some version of this is very, very common. Because uh, mm -hmm. we, as, you know, as human beings, we tend not to be unified. Right? That's one of the mm -hmm. blessings of doing the work. We, we, we teach people about mindfulness, about just there is an abiding awareness. Like, right. you know, can you remember a little bit about your consciousness when you were seven years old, like what it was like to be seven year old Kevin. Mm. <laughs> uh, 
Like even it's just a glimpse, hard. like a moment, like, oh, before your birthday or Christmas or getting a baseball glove, like be, you know, like being aware of being yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause like, cause I, I can remember, I, I used to do this thing when I was little, like uh, I lie in bed and I think I want to remember how it is to be me. Hmm. And I'm going to remember this on my next birthday, like, like this moment, this consciousness, because I would see like my parents and I realized like they didn't remember what it was like to be a kid. Cause if they had, they would have parented differently. <laughs> and like, I it was just, it, it became very um, urgent for me to never forget what it was like to be a kid. And so I would like, like make these sort of strings of pearls of awareness and I did it sort of consciously. I think I, think I was a very neurotic little kid. Like, <laughs> like that was important to me. But I think everyone has an experience of being ourselves in a way that doesn't change over time. And it's not about our intelligence or our opinions or our preferences, but something deeper than that. Like there is an abiding awareness that we call Kevin or Howie or whoever. Um, and, and that's, you know, the mindfulness work can help us connect with that place, regardless of what set of, of neurotransmitters are, are jerking us around like a puppet right now. Right. Well, and that's got, you know, and especially, I mean, I think that sounds, you know, for, for yourself to have something that is so distinct from, from such a, uh, long time ago. Um, (laughs) really well let's emphasize how long ago (laughs) I mean that was that had to be at least 20 years ago right yeah Um, (laughs) yeah shortly after the invention of clothes clothes yeah oh you had those they were they made out of leaves right yeah yeah and (laughs) leaves yeah (laughs) Um, but you know to have something that is so clear like that you know when you when you work on mindfulness, you know, you spend some time meditating and things. It, it, it can be very valuable to have a place that you go to. Um, and, and that's, that's just really cool to have something that, that you can recall back to um, throughout that much of life. I mean, you know, for myself, when doing that work, I just kind of, you know, the idea was to try to construct a place to go to. Mm, uh-huh now yeah although you know i mean just for myself it wasn't always a happy place it was usually you know Mm. in response to feeling alienated you know because my my parents were older like they were 47 and 41 when i was born and it was a very very different like i was born in the 60s which was a kind of watershed generation anyway like everything in the world was changing and my parents weren't in particular Mm. um you know, and from, you know, the depression for my father and the Holocaust for my mother, like, you know, there were ways in which um, we could never connect. And so like, that's when I go back to that place. Um, It is a place where I have to be very tender with myself because like, I knew like at that moment, I was the one raising myself. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I was the one who was going to confide in myself, my, my deep thoughts. Cause they, they, that wasn't going to happen uh, in my immediate family. 
and that you know that's not that's certainly um not an easy thing at that time do you find that that's helpful now um I think it's a very good template for the work we have to do as, a, as adults, you know, specifically around, you know, again, let's bring it back to health coaching um, sure. <laughs> to, to be, to be introspective so that we just, you know, it's not that we have to solve anything from our childhood, but just to practice being present so that all of the forces that are acting on us, like there, I think, I think you've talked about this a little bit where you would still have all the impulses for the panic attack, but you could like look at it as the witness rather than the one who was experiencing it or, or sort of both. Does that, does that ring a bell? Yeah. And, and I mean, some of that to me is just the idea that, um, you know, these, these things have the power that we, that we allow them to have, you know, not every, like, just the concept that a thought, every little thought that goes through your mind is not necessarily the only reality. So that mm-hmm. panic, that fear that's going on is the response that I'm having to that moment. All right. So, so learning to, and, and that's why I asked, you know, to, to, to you was that awareness, you know, I had that thought that maybe that awareness while a struggle at the time could be valuable, you know, in the future, m- meaning now. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's actually useful because it proves, it's not like it's, it's a, it's a skill that I still had, but mm-hmm. it was like a touch point. Like if you're like, I know that there is a, an abiding consciousness in me that has not changed like the consciousness is just is looking at all the behaviors, thoughts, emotions, sensations of Howie. And yeah. all of that has changed, but the consciousness that's looking at it has not. Right. And by operating from that place, I get to tell the truth, right? I get to decide, mm. uh, you know, what what I want to stand by. And, and so it's like, you know, so it's like me, they're all, you know, at a certain point at all, it's all, it's all me. So I don't have this excuse like, Oh, I just, you know, I essentially I black, I blacked out and I don't remember going into the kitchen and, and climbing onto the chair and getting the, you know, the box of cookies from the top of the cabinet that I didn't even know was there. (laughs) Um, Because, because when I'm present, then I have to I have to do it knowingly, right? Um, and I can I have to remember that I have reasons for not doing it, right? I have I have positive reasons, things I want to achieve. I have negative reasons, things I want to avoid or get away from. I have value reasons in the moment, and I can't pretend that I've forgotten about those when I've practiced being mindful. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, something that I've noticed recently is that it can go kind of a different direction with that when you're in that moment of, you know, some of the things that we talked about with, with myself currently, you know, we, the, one of the big things that came up 
in the coaching session we did was this idea of having, you know, these random Lara bar halves or two thirds of a Lara bar or whatever, because my son had a little bit. Um, and, you know, the Lara bar itself, it's some dates and some cashews. It's not absolutely on its own, this like terrible anti-healthy thing. Right. right. Um, and so just to use that as an example, there are times where being, being mindful of what's going on and having that, you know, Oh, I'd like to have this food or, this, or, or, you know, as a family, we're sitting down and we're having this meal and I, but I don't want to have whatever it is. Sometimes the reason is because I think, I think that that's what I'm, what's expected of me externally mm-hmm. to avoid certain things or to not do certain things. And then when you go, when you're mindful of that and, and go to that internal place, to that, that consciousness that is Kevin, right? Sometimes I'll assess that and go, you know, it's not me that doesn't want this or that wants to avoid this particular thing. Well, I think that that's sort of the root of, of an entire class of lies. And, and, and in that class, I include exaggerations, misdirections, you know, lies of omission. It's the, the, things, the things we do to look good for ourselves and others, right? Like it's, right. it's hilarious. Like I could lie to have a better opinion of myself, but I do that all the time, <laughs> right? Like why did I, you know, why did I not go for my run this morning? And, and I will come up with reasons that are like better reasons, like, you know, like defensible reasons when the real reason was I was fucking lazy. <laughs> like, I didn't feel like it. And so like part, partly the, the work of, 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 um, of healing this stuff and, and taking responsibility for our actions is starting to notice when we're lying to ourselves Right. When am I trying to, when am I doing PR on myself, about myself, for myself? And what is the feeling, the emotion, the thought, the sensation that I don't want to feel? Is there some kind of shame, right? Like, like when I can feel, oh, so I am telling myself a story about why I didn't go for a run in order to avoid X. And then like go straight to X say, okay, well, if I don't want to feel it this bad, it's it's controlling me. It's sapping my integrity. It's undermining my agency. So let me go experience this thing that I would do anything to not experience so I can be free. So that's a thing that we can invite our clients to do when, when, and we'll know when like, cause they're going to be slippery with us. Mm-hmm. If they're slippery with themselves, it's going to leak out. They'll be slippery with us. They're going to use justification language. They're going to, um, you know, rationalize. They're going to avoid responsibility by using passive voice. And, and they'll say, you know how sometimes you don't feel like getting up in the morning when they, when they really mean, I didn't feel like getting up this I morning. <laughs> and so what we, can, we can know when, when we hear that, that that is a tendril of the root of them 
you know, lying to themselves in order to save face with themselves. And so there's, you know, there's, there's skillful explorations that we can do. Um, just, you know, just inquiry or fast assessments to get people, you know, okay, bring us to the feeling. What's the thought? What is, you know, so that they can begin to see, oh yeah. Yeah. I just didn't feel, you know, no, that what I just told you wasn't true. Right. Um, and the other, you know, the other type of, of lie that we tell is not keeping commitments. So basically not keeping our word to ourselves, right? I'm not going to have another one of those Larabars. And then two days later, you're having a Larabar. And at the same time you're having a Larabar, you're also having the thought, I don't trust myself, right? I, I made a commitment and I'm breaking it. What's wrong with me? I'm, I'm a liar. I'm irresponsible. And as coaches, very often when people don't keep their commitments to themselves, they're also, they also can be wishy-washy about their commitments to us. And we are different from the other people in their lives. Because you know, I, I know a lot of people who will completely abandon themselves, but do anything for others. Like, oh, I'm going to tell you, everybody in the office, I'm going to make sure you know, I never miss a commitment. I never get to work late. I, I stay late and I get everything done that I said, plus 10% or 100%. But we're their coaches. And so they are going to transfer some of themselves onto us. And they're going, to, they're going to treat us a little bit worse than they treat other people because they see us as an ally of, their, of themselves. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's almost, that's something that you see in, I think, close relationships on occasion as well. Uh, you know, your significant other or uh, really close enough friends that maybe you know, you don't, you don't give that same degree of commitment to like you would, like you said, you know, a coworker or a, um, something a little more casual than that. Um, you kind of pass along some of that, you know, like you said, it being an ally of yourself, being on your, being on your own side. Yeah. I guess it's like the, that Groucho Marx quip. I wouldn't join any club that would have me as a member. <laughs> uh, like any, anyone who's really cares about me, isn't important enough to honor my word to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and we see this when people show up late for coaching calls or they cancel last minute or they, they're like, you know, someone will be driving and, you know, like giving me sort of half of their attention or less when we've, we've kind of discussed like the purpose of a coaching call is, you know, connection and presence. Um, and so this is a place where I've gotten aggressive at calling people out. And I may have to make sure I don't do it from the place of my own annoyance or feeling insulted or feeling less than as a coach, but simply to call out like, hey, this is a social norm that I expect you to honor in our relationship. And to invite people like, okay, if you're always two minutes late, what's that about? Can you make a commitment to me to be on time, to be two minutes early so that when I jump on the Zoom call or the instant teleseminar that you're already there? Um, and so it's to, get, to give them a chance to practice uh, being, keeping their word to someone closer to themselves 
Does that, does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Something that, that I find interesting there too is your um, mentioning that you've become more, um, if the word you use was aggressive with it, you know, more, more direct with it. Uh, I've found myself in similar situations. The example that you gave of, of someone being late and, and therefore not, you know, sort of honoring that commitment or, or respecting that time. Um, the, the, just not being as direct, you know, and, and maybe the response being, Hey, could, could, do you think this time doesn't work? You know, is there a time that would work better? I hope you found that helpful. So if you'd like to become a health coach, or maybe you already are a health coach and you'd like some additional training and more skills, or perhaps you're a health professional, a doctor, nurse, dietitian, etc., who would like to be able to influence your patients more effectively, again, check it out, wellstartcoach.com. All right, have a great day. <laughs>